Welcome everybody. This is episode 91 Hot Take from the Kitchen. Nine more after this to get to 100. And we have Cynthia Mashinsky back as our guest since Tuesday is going to be a very special day for her. So welcome back, Cynthia. Thanks, guys. How are you feeling heading into Tuesday? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the turnout is, not only for my race, but for all the local races. Um, I've been super busy at work, so just keeping my head down and working hard. Um, so I haven't had too much time to stress out about campaigning. <laughs> I have been having a lot of fun. A lot of fun campaigning, going to different places, talking to people, and hearing from them. All right. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Hot Take from the Kitchen. And our email address is hottakefromthekitchen at gmail.com. It is H-O-T-T-A-K-E-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-K-I-T-C-H-E-N at gmail.com. And we do have one new email, but I'll save that until the next episode. Okay, that works. I'm, I don't, I'm not against that at all. Yeah. So let's first tell people where we're at, because it's a new one. It's, it's something new for us. What? We're at my job. Oh, yes, we're in used cars. <laughs> we are not in the kitchen. And we are on the road. So. <laughs> this is somewhat of a... I don't want to say it's an emergency meeting, but it's a very quick one or a quick spot. Special episode. Special episode because I wanted to give the opportunity to people. I believe 100% Cynthia, and I know you do too. So I wanted to do just a really quick little spot where if people had some time um, Sunday afternoon and Monday, um, between Monday, if they were on the fence, Mm-hmm. They could listen to this and maybe sway it one way or the other. Yeah. So, um, but Brad, since this Brad was on the road today, so I'm in charge of hot takes. I'm pulling them straight from Twitter on the trending thing, which is really dangerous. <laughs> so um, we don't care about trending number one because it is a paid ad. Number two, Halloween is tomorrow. Yes. It was supposed to be race day. Yeah. All right. So, tough, bittersweet day for Brad because he was supposed to go, uh, tomorrow was supposed to be his race. Fourth annual. Fourth annual. Mm -hmm. It's been pushed back. Darn COVID. I know. Um, You know, when you made that call um, two months ago? A little bit ago. Yeah. Um, It actually seemed, I mean, at the time it was a tough call. I remember, I know that. Um, at the time, it was like, I could see some people being like, well, that's done. You shouldn't do that. I could have seen that argument being made. But after everything that's going on this week, yeah. you made the right call. Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. It's a cluster bleep. <laughs> Trucker Street's going on right now. Yeah. Oh, that's right. There's a drive through one. I was like, that's really interesting as well. So, um, But yeah. Um, we don't care about that. I don't want to talk about that. Uh, trending at topic number six. There are some good ones on here. Mandalorian came out today, season yes. two. Did yes. you watch season one? I can't remember. Yes. 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 You like? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good. Cynthia, did your boys watch the Mandalorian? No. Not that I know of. They should. Do they like Star Wars? Somewhat. Okay. Yeah, the movies keep their attention for about an hour. Okay. Did Matt watch it? I don't know. He has not, because I've told him he should. <laughs> it is a little slower paced. So that makes it a little difficult, yeah, I would think. For it the, picks up towards the end. Yeah, but it is super good, and I am going to do that tonight, or t- this weekend, uh, at some point I'll watch it. So. Well, me and Brooke are going to finish season one tonight, Ooh. hopefully, because she is liking it. 
That's good. Good. Well, she's a Star Wars fan, correct? No, she's oh, never right. seen Star Wars. Did you watch the first one? How did that go? The New Hope went good. She okay. wants to see the rest. Empire? Yeah. So you're going to go four, five, six, one, two, three. I may do the four, five, one, two, three, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, Whoa. very interesting. Because <laughs> you get a little intro and then you get Darth Vader's backstory. You almost like Tarantino it. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. I like it. Um, yeah. Have you watched all the Star Wars movies, Cynthia? No. That's okay. Just wondering. <laughs> but my mind is blown on your sequence there, Brad. That's cool. That's how I've been told to watch it. So. That's really that's not a bad way of it's not a bad idea watching it. I'm kind of uh, intrigued. Well, that's good that she may. I mean, but I may ask her how she wants to. What's tough is it's arguably uh, number five. Empire is considered one of the greatest movies of all time. So it'd be, it's tough to. Well, it's odd because New Hope is on the. AFI 100 list, but Empire isn't. So. I know. Yeah. Just wild. All right, number seven on that Twitter trending, the McRib is coming back yeah, is since 2012. It says nationally. Nationally, it's coming back since 2012. So, well, Do you like the McRib? It was all right. I've oh. never tried the McRib. <laughs> You're not really missing it. No. Um, <laughs> so I found this guy. Hang on here. Let me... Pardon me, my quick clicks. I found a guy, Sam the Cooking Guy, on YouTube. And he cooks things. Did you watch him? No. He's amazing. And he tells you how to cook things. And what he'll do is he'll take a McRib or a Crunchwrap Supreme, and he'll pull it apart right in front of you, and then he like tastes it all. So he's trying to figure out what's going on. And he's like, all right, let's do this. And then he makes it. Just recreates it. Re- recreates it. And he's got these gorgeous kitchens and everything. And, he's, and he talks about how to make it, and so you could do it too. And when he did the McRib, he's like, I mean, he goes, it's not bad, but it's interesting. When I saw Sam's McRib, I was like, I want that so bad. Essentially, he took some baby back ribs, you know, off the rib, and then he smoked them, or baked or whatever, then he cut the cap of meat off, and then he made that the McRib part. He's like, so we're actually eating the McRib, you know. Yeah, instead of the... There are artificial stuff they have going on there. Yeah, it was, anyways. I'm sure his would be better. <laughs> yes, it's amazing. So, um, And then let's jump to Yahoo really quick to run out. We already know the obviously two main things, which is um, COVID is spiking in our area, but I guess I don't really want to talk about that. What should you do? No. Absolutely not. Okay, and then uh, it's almost election time, so it's just uh, really crazy what's going on. Downtowns are bracing for violence. That's fun. I like that. Yeah, I saw the ban for open carry at the polling places was rejected. So that could be interesting. Yeah, yeah. We, we shall see. I don't. I hope we don't have any issues. I think it was a really interesting written article. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I didn't read it. I, mean, I don't have access to the newspaper. Oh, did you want to hack? No. Yeah, you do. I'm going to tell you the hack. So the hack is if you're on Facebook and you see an article and you click on it and it shows you're not a subscriber, just right-click it into incognito mode. And then you read it. Really? Every time. Cool. Every time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you just have to – and I don't know what it is. It has something to do with the cookies. 
So because then, then it kind of even though it's not tracking the cookies, and when you click on it, it's the cookies are already saying, "Oh, you've already been here before. We want you to pay now." But when you go in incognito mode, it's not tracking the cookies, so it just thinks it's your first time there, so it'll let you read it. Oh. You do that every time. Neat. All right. How to do that then? So that now, I mean, if you've ever been a fan of the hot take segment in the pod, you now know that it contains life hacks, <laughs> which is a really cool thing for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll take a break. We'll come back, and then we will talk about Cynthia. I have some questions for her. Excellent. Since mm-hmm. her and I have been kind of in the trenches, is that fair? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, over the past couple of months, and then see where this, uh, your thoughts and everything about the next week. Okay. It's not even a week now. What are we, four days? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bonkers. Yeah. It's been hard getting a chance to work out when everything closes so early, and I don't get done working until late at night. Where can I even go to stay in shape? Zen 24-Hour Fitness Center is the place you seek. Whoa, where's that at? It's located at US 23 South in Alpena, across from Kiff Miller's Produce in the Lutz Plaza. Wow, thanks, God. Anytime, bro. Zen 24-Hour Fitness Center. For more information, find us on Facebook or call 884-4397. Zen, find peace in your busy life and get a workout when you want it. So, Cynthia. Yes, Steve. I want to know what has been your most surprising thing so far as you have gone that, like, um, obviously, well, here, let's do this. Let's start from the beginning. How did you become, because you're a prosecutor right now. Yes. So, and you've already been on the pod before, so if people want to go back and listen and learn all about you, they can. Why don't you, and back when you were on the pod before, mm-hmm. you were the assistant prosecutor. Now you are the prosecutor. Why don't you talk about what's happening and how did that role change for you? Okay. So um, it happened all kind of quickly at the end of 2019. Russ Reinert, who was the chief assistant prosecutor, he kind of took a step back a little bit to doing contractual work through the prosecutor's office. So as of January 1, I became the chief assistant prosecutor um, at the prosecutor's office. Then just... um, it was literally 45 days later on Valentine's Day, my boss, uh, now Judge Black, found out that he had gotten the appointment to be circuit court judge. Uh, so he stayed on for a couple weeks, but frankly, within the month, I had found out then that um, I had then been appointed to fill his position. So I became appointed, but um, the county prosecutor around the middle of March, I think it was a Monday, and then Tuesday we were told not to come back to work. Because everybody was shut down. Yeah. Um, some fun facts is, I know some people have. I'm one of them. Uh, you were able to YouTube the courtroom over the over the shutdown. Yes. So if you wanted to tune in and you were locked out, or you had nothing to do for the day, and you were bored, you would be able to sit and watch what was going on. Just watch what I do all day, right? <laughs> so and learn a lot more about your community than you ever thought you would. Yeah. Not in a good way, necessarily. Sometimes. Not necessarily. Yeah. yeah. Um, what has been the most surprising thing for you as you transition into the role? Like, has, has there been some difference? Like, wow, I'm really mm-hmm. surprised in that, or did you just kind of 
know everything that was going on, which I'm sure you probably did at some level. Right. So at some level, I had an idea, but really the most surprising part is just how little of my planned day actually occurs. So I was just telling somebody in the office today, I had a list of things that I wanted to accomplish on Monday, and here it was Friday afternoon, and I had whittled down that list, which I thought I had, I could have accomplished on Monday. But even just trying to sit down and complete a, a thought um, is hard to do. Everything that I did from the time I walked in until about 4 o'clock today was not planned. It was everything that just came walking into the office, whether it was reports or I had to run into court for this, that, or the other thing. Um, just how much time you get pulled away from what you had intended to focus your time on. That, I think, I don't know how your job is. I have that a lot in my mm -hmm. job as well. I don't mm -hmm. think it's nearly as um, probably serious or critical as yours that you deal with so many very serious things. But for me, it's just like, um, you know, just life, I guess, right? Yeah. So a little bit punches. What has been your favorite thing so far since you've been campaigning? My favorite thing by far has been getting out and meeting the public because before campaigning, I really was more reserved, especially in the public. And when I went out, I like to take more of just a back seat and not be in the forefront um, just to kind of relax and not have the spotlight on me. Because um, most times during work hours, if the spotlight is on me, then I'm arguing something, you know, or <laughs> confronting someone, or it's all, I wouldn't say hostile, but it's all confrontational. And so being out on the street, you know, seeing the same people I see in court, I don't want those opportunities to be confrontational. <laughs> but um, really the most surprising and most fun thing has been putting myself out there in the forefront and telling, you know, introducing myself to people um, letting them know what it is that I do and why I'm talking to them and just getting the a warm reception from people and understanding that the people I'm out there protecting are not necessarily the ones who are intending to have hostile um, you know confrontations with me out in public so it's been very eye-opening and and pretty awesome it's also probably been a little tough for you your husband's been on a pot a lot mm -hmm. and he can be very Everyone knows when your husband's in the room. He's quite the presence. Yeah, he's quite the presence. So for you to make yourself, it's just been an extra level of something you've had to work at too. Sure. So in our marriage, we had to discuss this. Yeah. Or uh, if we're being honest, I, I had to sit him down and say, <laughs> listen, for nine years, ten years, I very much appreciated walking in behind you and just being quiet and just kind of, you know, speaking to one or two people or whatever, while you go and do your thing and you hug everybody and you, um, so he's gone through a lot of changes in the last nine months, but, um, but it was really pretty natural. He said, wow, you know, I'll, I'll just remember that and uh, remember to introduce you to everybody that I talked to and remember to, you know, just have you kind of steal the show and I'll say wrangle the kids in the background yeah. or um, just take a little bit different role, so. I wouldn't be surprised if we flip back after <laughs> the campaigning's over, but it's definitely, I've realized the benefit to it, and so I'm, I'm liking it a lot. Yeah. Um, what are you looking forward most to, if, if you do win, mm -hmm. what are you looking forward most to? No, that's a tough question. Um, I guess I would just say things settling down a lot, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. So with COVID going on, we had such a backlog in trials that things are just starting to get on a trial schedule starting next month. 
Um, so things are going to speed up, you know, there's going to be a lot more trials, a lot more work to do, but I know it'll eventually all settle down and average out. So I'm looking forward to that day. And the, and the way Ed transitioned and you transitioned and the whole thing and then the COVID, there really hasn't been anything normal no, at all. There's right? been no normal <laughs> yeah. since 2020 started. <laughs> yeah, so. um, why I did this video with you and then I know we've already. Why do you want to be prosecutor or for Alpena? Like, I, I would think that on a certain level, I mean, you're helping attorney. Thanks. I, I already know that. So, but I would think that for the most part, the people that work in the public sector have to, because you can make more money, I'm guessing, in the private sector. Sure. I, I would feel like that's just common sense. but I would suspect so. Yeah. Um, what makes you want to say, hey, I'm going to work twice as hard for a lot less money? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> um, I've never wanted to do anything else. Okay. And if, and if I, uh, God forbid, you know, lose the election, I don't know what I'll do January 1 because I've never thought of doing anything else. Yeah. I, I think actually that is one of my favorite things is I've gotten and spent a lot of time with you over the past couple of months is how much you have that passion for public service. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like you said, it really hasn't even crossed your mind. Like, no, that's, I'm going to keep the bad guys on the street that's right right that and you know i love the idea of working with the victims in the courtroom and i feel like an extra layer of just protecting them too as i speak with them and i calm them down throughout the entire um you know lengthy court process and, and even on the day of trial just letting them see and have their faith in me that i will ask them questions and help them explain their story to the jury in a very comforting way uh, as well it has to be, I can't even imagine. Unimaginable for me, probably for Brad. Brad and I are both criers. So I guess on some level it has to be able to be. I know, shocking. Yeah, I'm sorry. But um, how do I say this? To advocate for victims just has to be just really emotional sometimes. So a lot of the stuff that you're dealing with is very traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and I guess the passion that you have for check your community and the victims just really stands out to me. It's like one of my favorite things. So. Oh, thanks. Hey, no problem. <laughs> Where do you see the prosecutor's office going over the next four years? Excellent. So um, what I've kind of been um, trying to work on in, in seeing how all the pieces will fit together is a sexual assault task force within the prosecutor's office to help keep the sexual assault cases on track and keep... Um, communication with victims even when there's necessarily not necessarily anything to report that's going on with the case but um, just staying on task and working even closely even more closely with law enforcement as they investigate the process and staying in touch with the victims even before we have the case um, in court to let them know they're supported regardless of whether or not the case is able to be authorized because sometimes it's just not there's just not enough evidence there it's not that I don't want to prosecute but I just simply cannot without enough evidence to move forward so it's not a matter of wanting to do it. it's a matter of whether or not we can and um, so the task force is one thing that I definitely uh, foresee happening um i don't know if you had heard but i had recently gotten some funding to do some training with law enforcement officers regarding um child sexually abusive material 
um, and something that unfortunately we're discovering more and more. So I'm not saying that there's more and more out there. We're just learning that there's more. And more. It's kind of like more testing for COVID. You know, yeah. we're testing more electronics. So guess what? We're finding more. Yeah. Um, but just being able to distinguish between uh, what is or what is not an actual, you know, felony charge, or maybe it, it should be something different. So getting that education out there is going to be big. Um, one thing that I've been doing recently is doing more of the juvenile court process because I really feel like um, a lot of future crime can be stomped out if the juveniles are able to, you know, appropriately learn their lesson. So that's why I'm so excited about Judge Black's pilot um, pivot program, rather. It's kind of a pilot program, but yeah. <laughs> his name is Pivot. Um, so I'm super excited about that. But then I'm also um, taking several different types of cases uh, with juveniles and working with them in kind of a, a different manner that may not lead them to conviction or may not lead them uh, to a lifetime of having a criminal history, uh, but instead working with them to to accomplish something okay. as opposed to just getting conviction on the record. Listening to that made me think of one of the things that I know is a key point for your, as you've been campaigning for, is that um, you talk about breaking the cycle mm-hmm. and wanting to, the, why don't you, for the person that's like, I don't understand what she's sure. meaning, why don't you explain what you mean by that and then how actually that what you just said plays into that. So, so um, it really all came uh, full, full circle for me. I'd been doing, I had done juvenile court, I'd done um, district court, I started up the drug court program, and then I worked my way into um, doing felony work and then eventually settling on focusing on sexual assault cases um, all before Judge Black left the prosecutor's office. Um, and it was, I think, a combination, or maybe it was the um, series of events happening that way where um, eventually it finally dawned on me that so many of our um, drug addicts, especially females, um, had also had sexual abuse in their history. And so then it finally clicked with me that a lot of individuals are self-medicating to cover up the abuse that they suffered, um, either as an adult or as a child. And so if you start the cycle, if you're thinking about an an addict who's covering up a traumatic past, um, and you start looking at the entire court system, you see that everything kind of fits together in in some way. So not every single case can be related to sexual assault or addiction. But a lot of the cases that we see, a lot of the families and the multi-generations of families that we see coming through the court have been in all those sectors I mentioned. So... um, if you start at a different point in the cycle, um, the abuse-neglect court is oftentimes filled with children, right, who have parents who are addicted, or one of them's in prison for one reason or another, or maybe the child themselves has been a victim of sexual assault of one parent or, or a step-parent or something along those lines. Um, that child is suffering the trauma that I see now the adults are trying to self-medicate or handle either in drug court or by picking up their own crimes through regular you know, drug crimes and whatnot. So <clears throat> the cycle that I see happening over and over again is you know, juveniles and children in abuse neglect court for one re- reason or another, eventually leading up to, again, having absent parents in the family or um, neglectful or abusive parents, and those children oftentimes then end up in the juvenile justice system. And if things can't be corrected there, we'll ultimately see them in the adult 
criminal justice system and sometimes it's due to addictions you know and they're just completing the multi-generational cycle of addiction as well um and then guess what those those kids who are now young adults they then start having children of their own and then we're all back to it again so by working with the sexual assault victims earlier giving them strength and helping them get counseling early um, starting the drug court program and getting people more involved in drug court to hopefully help them to overcome trauma and addiction and become productive members of society we'll have less children in the abuse neglect courts um, and in any one of those um, different court systems if you can just break the cycle uh, then there'll be far less crime and far less multi-generational um, abuse and further neglect. I know that's a really big thing with you. I know it's something you're really passionate about. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I appreciate you uh, taking the time and explaining that. And uh, I'm just excited. So um, what is your plan for Election Day? The big thing on the news right now is have a plan. So what is your plan to vote? Uh, well, um, if anybody's more excited about going to vote, it's my kids. <laughs> and they go to school pretty early. So we're going to hit up the polls with our children very early uh, before we take them to school. So we'll all go in there and vote for mom <laughs> and everybody else, of course, and uh, get our stickers and take them to school. And then we'll all be headed back off to work like every normal day. Yeah. Brad, what are your plans? Have you already voted? I haven't. No. Are you going to walk over to the church and vote probably at 7 a.m. once they open for the first time you know we love going into the poll and voting and it just feels american and awesome and everything um but we've really thought about like man maybe we should get our ballot and vote early it's the first time we've felt that way we just said it to each other last night and we're like i don't know like just with everything that's going on and but we're still gonna go i think usually we go after work Mm-hmm. So if we can get up early to do it, but if we it's too much, then we just go after work. But I think what I'm going to do for those listening, hit tip, and we're going to try to meet you at the poll that morning. Oh, geez, Steve, that's early. <laughs> well, it is what it is, <laughs> and then uh, we'll do that whole thing and make a small little push and everything like that for the last of the day, and then we'll go vote that night. So, well, hey, I appreciate you taking the time coming to talk to me. And um, I wish you nothing but the best of luck Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I think it's a neat moment for Alpina either way. It's either way we're going to have our first female prosecutor. That's right. Yeah. First elected. Yeah. So, and I think that's important for people like, my daughter's a little bit older, so I don't think she's to the point where she's like, oh, wow, that's cool. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she's older. But for girls like uh, Hazel, Mm-hmm. To be able to see women in, in roles like that and that they can do it, I think it's really important for younger kids to see that. So, especially the younger girls. So. Yeah, I've heard that from a couple of parents, and it makes me really proud uh, to be doing the job right now, but then also to be able to be a role model for them. Yeah, so I think that's awesome regardless of the situation. So, Brad, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, got Zachary's birthday tomorrow. Other than that, I don't know. Are you going to go trick or treating? No. you going to hang out, Katie? No. No. We've been trying to talk the kids out of trick or treating for a while now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what you could do is um, I know what Allison and I are doing is creating bags for our friends' kids. 
that they don't have to worry about lighting it out for 72 hours and stuff like that and worry about their draft was off on Halloween because I mean I'm sure most families are probably going to go to places where they know they can get candy and you know the house that looks sketch bedetch probably is like okay we're just going to kind of buy that one and we're just going to let's come on over to this one so well, we've been telling them we buy them two big beds and candy if they just stay home yeah mm-hmm. it's tough yeah. I think I mean if I could be honest it's tough on adults so I can't even imagine how it is hard it is on kids I know adults that are having a hard time with it so I can't imagine being a kid especially your kids are at that age where they understand that we get a costume we get to go out or sorry not your kids your niece and nephew and we're going to get candy. They don't know what Halloween is all about. So that's tough. Cynthia, what are you doing this weekend? We are, we're tossing around several different ideas. I think we'll definitely visit some friends' homes. Um, the boys already have their costumes, but they wear costumes year-round for whatever reason. <laughs> so we have so many superhero costumes at home. It's, it's like, which one do you guys want to be this year? You're right. Um, and, but yeah, I'll probably buy them some candy. Too, just so that way they don't feel left out. We we did tell them there may be a chance we might not go out anywhere. We'll just stay home and watch a scary movie, and they're totally fine with that. I think that if the kids who aren't teenagers, <laughs> but if the younger kids see that that the parents are still going to make a fun time out of it, then no big deal. Yeah, I don't know what we're doing yet. I think we're going to try to maybe. I know we're going to go visit Justin and Mary. They ever maybe walk their kids to down of their moms. Mm-hmm. And get some candy, and they were going to go out doing that. We got costumes, so we did that. And then I work tomorrow, more than that Sunday. Oh, yeah, Sunday. We are decorating for Christmas. I'm so jealous. So, yeah, we didn't it. even we didn't even talk about the biggest thing that's happening Saturday. Which is? Michigan, Michigan State. Oh. What? We've talked about this earlier. This is the type of game Michigan loses. <laughs> it is. It's the type of game that Michigan exactly <laughs> because Michigan looks really good. The state looks really bad. You just I'm not going to assume Michigan's going to steamroll Michigan State, sure. and then all of a sudden we're all sitting here going, "What the hell just happened?" So, um, but yeah, there's been plenty of Michigan Michigan State games. We've said that at the end, yeah. <laughs> regardless of who you're yeah, on, whatever side you're on. Yeah, yeah. They're both sides what of the hell just happened. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. Who do you got? Michigan Michigan State. Well, I don't know. <laughs> now that you say that, <laughs> I might switch over. But like you just said, I mean, when Michigan State loses to Rutgers, who are we really going to think is going to win this? <laughs> I know. Fred? It's Michigan, of course. You feeling good? Oh, yeah. Really good? How about the Lions this week? You feeling good about that? Yeah. I think we've got a good chance to beat Indianapolis. Yeah, I think when we talked about it last, you said the Lions had the easiest schedule at that point of the rest of the NFL season. Yeah. So, uh, we'll see what happens. Don't stop believing. That's right. All right. Well, thanks for coming by, Cynthia. Brad, Thank thanks for guys. rushing back into town and doing this. Okay. I will see you Monday night yep. with Chris. Yep. I'm not even trying to say his name now. I'm just going to make him say it Sunday night. Saturday, Monday night. I'm trying to think if we're going to. No, we'll just be on pins and needles for you the rest <laughs> right. of the week, right? <laughs> exactly. exactly. <clears throat> I mean, that next morning it'll be that, and then we'll just see what happens next week. I took Wednesday off. If I if I can keep myself away from the office on Wednesday, I, I probably will be picking up signs. So. Yeah, I plan on like I said, just taking the day off, relaxing. I'm probably gonna celebrate you. Probably hung over a little bit, which will be a good thing. So, and then uh, I don't know what's gonna happen. So I I just think it's an extra bonus, and I'm not here anyway. So. <laughs> this place 
this would probably be crazy. No matter what. Well, I don't. Yeah. Well, I don't think we're gonna know who's president Wednesday morning. Sure. Yeah, I have no idea. I honestly believe that. Mm-hmm. So it's just gonna be more chaos. Everybody's just gonna be like, oh, "Did you hear anything?" I'm just gonna be like, "Nope, <laughs> not I." I'm gonna be picking up signs with Cynthia. Awesome. Well, it's always a pleasure, guys. Right. I really appreciate Thanks. it. But I'm what you need